Welcome, dirty peasants, to Warwood Gazette, the Amphibia podcast. This is episode 50, and we are covering Amphibia Season 3, Episode 12, Sasha's Angels and Olmtown Road. I'm your host, Thembaticon, and joining me today, we have Lemur. Hello! Impact. Yo, what's good, everybody? Pickle. Hey. And Nick. What's up, y'all? Thanks, guys, for coming on. Uh, this week, did we have any Amphibia news? I'm trying to remember. It was a bunch of... Uh, I, I know after Commander Anne and... Sp- like after Episode 11 aired, the crew released like a bunch of sketches and designs for uh, for Sasha's design, new design, and a couple of other things, too, and that was that was cool. Yeah. And we also got a little bit of a... We, we get concept art every week. I just thought the, the Olmtown Road concept art was pretty good, and we'll, we'll get into that as we talk about the episode. But with that, I think we can start talking about uh, the episode itself, which first segment was Sasha's Angels. Directed by Jen Strickland, written by Geneva Mai, storyboards by Lizia Rocha and Danny Ducker. So this episode was mostly about this was mostly about the the Wartwood townsfolk that have been working with Sasha to in the resistance to fight Andrea. So this episode's mostly about like Loggle. Wally, Croker, Toady, and Maddie going up against a bunch of marauders, and it's a it was a fun it was it was a really fun a plot. And I like how Tony Toady got the focus, and I like how they were still they were still able to sprinkle a little bit of uh, interactions between Anne and Sasha, and what they had to work on, and it was a nice little add on to the episode, but. Overall, it was a lot of fun seeing the townsfolk in action. Some surprise cameos from uh, from season one. That was a blast. And yeah, overall, it was just a really fun episode. I- I'm really glad we got to see more uh, like rebellion uh, shenanigans and what they what they have to do to keep themselves supplied. Uh. Pickle, what were your thoughts on Sasha's Angels? Uh, I liked it. I liked the the spotlight getting put on some of the more minor reoccurring characters. Well, more minor than the main cast, but they're pretty major for reoccurring characters in comparison to the, some of the other townies. And I liked that it was like a Toadie episode. I don't know how the general feeling on Toadie is, but I find him like a fun little character, and I like when he get this he gets the spotlight because. He really hasn't had much. I think this is the only episode where he's been the focus. And um, I also liked the Anne and Sasha moments we got with them still kind of bartering out their relationship. And the general slapstick of this episode was pretty funny. Oh, also, um, the return of... Or should I talk about him yet? Is it okay to talk about the... Yeah, yeah, that's fine. 
I think that was a, a smart just decision because you know, thinking of a someone to make the captain of Marauders, they thought, what's the most hateable character we could find? Because like Barry's definitely a character you love to hate, so I think he works that well as a villain in this episode. All right, thank you, Pickle. Impact, what were your thoughts on Sasha's Angels? So Sasha's Angels is interesting to me. This episode went very differently than how I expected. I was not expecting a Toadie episode at... Well, it's more of a, a towny kind of altogether episode, but Toadie was our main focus to, to get to all the townies. So that was really cool. Um, I love that we got two plot lines. We got the townie stuff, and then we had like the Ann and Sasha stuff, and that all that stuff was great. Both of them were really awesome. Um, Barry, I was I was laughing my ass off when he was seen as the the um the Marauder leader. I was not expecting that. I swore it was gonna be Bog, and it just it wasn't. That that caught me off guard. So props to the Amphibia crew for that one for catching me off guard with that. And I think like this episode is just really fun. I really enjoyed this one. I, it's weird. I'll have more to say once we go in depth, um, with certain scenes and stuff. But this episode was really enjoyable. It was a nice like, not end to the. Obviously, we're still doing the resistance and stuff, but it was a nice kind of like. We got the idea of how the resistance worked the last time in the other two episodes, but kind of having that. We've dealt with the Sasha and stuff. We understand how it works normally. So it was really cool that we got like a townie episode to kind of round that out before we started getting into the lore and junk. So this episode was great. All right. Thank you, Impact. Lemur, what were your thoughts on Sasha's Angels? I freaking love this episode. But, um, very. It's interesting, like like, like I said, like what Impact said, uh, Sasha's Angels is very interesting to me as well because it does it really serves a lot of purposes. One of one is that it this episode serves as like a swan song to like all of the Wardwood townies that we've come to know and love. Like last week we got last week we got like like Ivy and uh, Stumpy and then Fern, and this week we got. Again, once again, reoccurring from like last week, we got Sasha's Angels, um, Wally, Loggle, and Mrs. Croker, and Cody and Maddie, who, who are two characters I did not expect to be very involved in the episode. Like, it it serves so this episode serves as like one last showcase to these townies that we come to low and love, and like. Also gives a little bit some character development to Toadie, who again I did not expect to be very very majorly involved in this episode. I also thought Toad still would be involved, but surprisingly is not. Probably is gonna come out uh later down the line. Um and then we also got you know like the Sasha and stuff, which drives home the narrative that and probably doesn't trust Sasha enough. And once again, Sasha trying to prove that her her genuine her genuine empathy is true and those two th these are two different plot points but they work so well together and 
yeah, like Sausage Angels is just a really enjoyable and also very, very well written episode, too. Like, it's the last episode, it's the last fun episode that we're getting before we get to the big storyline development stuff. And it is a very fit, it is a very well done episode for that. All right. Thank you, Lemur. Nick, what are your thoughts on Sasha's Angels? I mean, basically what everyone has already like said here, just a really, really, really good episode and just a great way to give us, I guess, for like our last Warbird episode of the series. So, I mean, yeah, it was just really nice to see them at, um, at the top of the game here. I know like Loggle, Croker, uh, Loggle, Croker, Wally, Maddie, Tony. Like, I'll admit, like, those last two were surprising to see here, but, you know, Dan was, like, happy about having them here. I think, like, I... I mean, I guess you can call these all the major Warwick characters. Like, yeah, all the major Warwick characters, right? I mean, I know, like, they'll, they've all had their time to shine in really great ways in the past, right? So, yeah, it's just... It's really awesome to see them work as a team and just kick some ass here, you know? Like, you know, just all around a really fun episode. Now, I've always been... A huge fan of Warwood. I just love like the series giving us a chance to like revisit it, see what's up with it, and just get more time with them. And yeah, that's what this episode gave. So just all around really good one. All right, thank you, Nick. So I think we can go. We can start talking about the episode itself. Like, I've got our good friend Sun Series uh, thought dumps. Where he's like written everything we need to know <laughs> about the episode for me to conveniently read off and which is great so the episode starts off with the briefing room like once again this is kind of like a reoccurring uh a reoccurring thing like either the episode starts in sasha's office or in the briefing room it's like it's like the hub where they're actually planning out the episode itself and even though the characters aren't planning out the episode, we, we we kind of, as the audience, can make that observation, which is nice. And I love how like all of the, I love how the 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 townies are all like ready to fight, and then it just shows like Tony being a bean, <laughs> like he's literally shaped like a bean. <laughs> that was really funny. Like, I just love that. Like, you just see a war with, like, they're at the top of their game. They look absolutely badass. <laughs> then we transfer over to Tony. He's still t stuck in fucking season two. Like, catch up. <laughs> <laughs> he's, been, think, he's been babied by Toad still for way too long. Yeah. I, will I think see. the thing that gets me with, like... How old is Tony? Yeah, I don't, I don't fucking know. <laughs> <laughs> like it does make his relationship with Toad still questionable. That's all, that's all I'm gonna say. Like, <laughs> I'm so confused. Like what yeah. there's the I like I'm I think he's an adult, but I think it's kind of like a running gag. People think he's a kid or call him the tadpole. It's it's hard yeah. to tell. I just wish we'd get a number. Yeah. And uh, I think like the thing that gets um me with. The beginning of this episode, though, um, to kind of drift off Tony for a little bit, because um, dumb to what you were saying with like this has been like a constant thing of like having your mission briefing. We know what's going on in the episode, and then 
um, from there we kind of started. It's a really cool like difference in structure for the show. I feel like we never really had this before. Um, previously in like even like three A, right? Three A like felt kind of like what we expected out of the show a little bit when starting conflict or starting an episode. You start with what the character wants to do, what's their kind of like emotional journey here, and then what's like physically going to happen to them. Maybe a villain will show up, like Cloakbot or Mr. X, which is different from the rest of the show in and of itself, too. Uh, but then we just change the structure completely again with 3B. But now we're setting up missions. We're letting you know what's going on, um, what we're going to be trying to do for this episode and going from there, which makes Sasha such a good character to, to be around now because now we get to kind of see her actually play strategist and leader. Before, like... Many times we were always on the other end of those plans and strategies. We never really got to see like the planning phase or what was going through her head when like she took over Newtopia, for example. Um, so it's really cool that we get that perspective here. So Sasha and Grime are so perfect to be like the part of the main cast for this season. And they lead the plot forward too, mainly Sasha. Grime, not too much yet, but I think we're going to see more of him next episode. But yeah, I just think that's so interesting how different. 3B already feels from 3A and the rest of the show. Season 3 has been changing the structure of the show consistently. So I really like that. Yeah, totally. Thank you, Impact, for your for your thoughts on Commander Anne. Uh, oh. But... <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. Wow. But I do, I do agree with what, I agree with what Impact is saying. Because, like, Sasha gives, like, Sasha gives the narrative like a lot more structure, whereas like Anne is just you know more spontaneous and stuff. Yeah, definitely, and she like yeah. gives the rundown of the plan, and and she she doesn't really she she gives like the basics, and then she kind of just trusts uh Cro Mrs. Croker with like handling out their side of the operation, which is nice. Nice. Yeah, I feel like that definitely connects back to her spy work, right? Like, that was introduced in Cracking Mrs. Croker, like the iconic episode. I mean, like, like I always wanted the order to come back somehow because, I mean, dude, come on, we, we got, like, a really badass fight out of Croker fighting, uh, like, what's the guy's name? Like, Jebediah, right? It was Jebediah, right? I was like, I can't remember. But, yeah, like, I'm just, I'm just really happy that the order has come back in subtle ways. Like, maybe they haven't really, you know, really directly mentioned it, but I, I do feel like these are the ways it's come back. I'm glad these episodes are giving everyone, are giving like importance to everyone's favorite older episodes. Yeah. 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 You'll love to see it. You'll love to see it. Yeah. And also, like, the fact that Sasha gives a, gives Croker, like, or, like, her, her own team, and, like, to execute a plan is also another improvement in Sasha's part because now she's not. She's not as micromanaging as as before. She's actually starting to trust people a lot more with other responsibilities. Yeah, d definitely. Yeah, she's learning to take less control in general, but like still leading. She's not like just letting. Well, I guess technically she did let them do their own thing here, but it's more so her trusting other people to do their thing, and so. Which is good leadership in and of itself, you know. Yeah, so. I mean, I'll own it. Like, I, I really am pleased. I mean, yeah, I really am pleased with how they're handling Sasha this second half because, um, 
I, I just, I know before we even got to three B, I just really enjoyed the idea of Sasha still having her leadership position, but like learning how to handle it in a healthy way. And now we have her like really dealing with the actual ideas of leadership, right? Like, like sort of combing through all of it. So that's pretty nice to see. Like she's she's basically got one from like a dictator to actually like handling the complex ideas of what leadership is. So we love to see it. Yeah, I think what I what I find most important in any sort of redemption arc that requires a, a drastic change in morality is for it to, to change the morality of the characters, to change the way they think about things, but not necessarily change who they are when they're like fundamental personality traits. Because I think, I think it's, it's important for a, a character arc to allow a character to start off bad and be a bad leader and then become good and become a good leader rather than being a bad leader and their arc being like, okay, I'm no longer that person at all. Like, having them keep a little bit of their rough edge or, like, showing their sort of previously mean-spirited traits in a, in a better light or in a, a better way of using them always, I feel like, feels really special because it doesn't just feel like an overhaul of their personality. You know, I completely agree, yeah. Yeah, that's a good point, Pickle. Uh... I guess we can go through just like the rest of the scene in the in the briefing room where we we see Toadie doesn't really even though this isn't the first time Toadie has tried to like avoid I guess direct combat so he's always preferred being like the lookout and and we kind of see here he's not really he prefers to be more of the the admin role of this rebellion even though croaker is like kind of, like they're on their i think sixth mission they've they've done a few quite a few missions at this point and like croaker's trying kind of, is kind of insisting on toady like kind of shedding away his like or putting his like normal personality like on hold and kind of like embracing embracing the times and we get that like hilarious like scene of like all the townies like gearing up and just being like hardcore and <laughs> yeah. I I especially love the Wally scene <laughs> with the duck. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, the bait and switch. Love that. But I will say, I, I feel like yeah, Toadie's whole. Like, the fact that Tony's just finding it so hard to adjust to basically the apocalypse like everyone else's makes so much sense, because I know, compared to them, like, he was pretty pampered, right? Like, him and Toastal were, like, living off of, like, mooching off the town. So, like, yeah, just, just the fact that they don't know what it's like to, like, live it rough just makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I guess, honestly, Toastal might be getting just, might be getting by just fine, because all he's doing now is just counting gold, but, like, Tony, Tony who's being brought out on missions, yeah, it's gonna be a little hard for him. I mean, I, I feel like Toadstool too is like we saw him whoop some ass before, uh, like in, in, <laughs> in Turning Point and like in Total Redemption. Like I think I think Toadstool can hold himself. I mean, he's you know he's yeah. definitely been pampered, but like he can do a little something. Toadie though, well, this episode he did, but eventually, yeah. but yeah, not all the time. You're not wrong about Toadstool. Yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah, I, was, I, was, yeah, I can't. Believe I forgot, but like he, yeah, he whooped some ass that episode. I, I'm like, how can I, I, I was. Do that? I was gonna I was gonna point out Toadstool because we we saw in Sprite V that like 
he's managing like the finance of the rebellion and stuff. So while yeah, he can kick ass, he he still does prefer like the more I guess like business business stuff of the rebellion. Like instead of he prefers to like manage like resources and like money instead of kicking ass and stuff. Because that's his that's what he's best at. And that's true. It, that that leaks with Toadie as well because he, he like Toadie prefers to be more of like like what Thumbs is an administrator. Yeah, yeah, it's more of like a yeah. I guess he prefers the planning. That kind of comes back into play later on, but I'll I'll talk about that when when we get there. Uh, and, oh, I just oh sorry, I just want to say one thing. I, was, I don't know. It's just. Damn, I mean, I, the more I think about it, just Toadie's whole deal just makes so much sense here. I mean, I know, like, he probably manages Toadstool's life, <laughs> like, like right, like, from morning to night. So, like, him just wanting to be the tactical side of the mission, just handling all the planning, the managing, all that, you know, it just makes sense because that was basically his whole life, right? Like, managing uh, Toadstool's political campaign. Like, I don't know. I, I just, it just makes so much sense how they use in this episode. I just can't help but think about that. Yeah, and he does end up being the like manager of the group when Cooker eventually gets knocked out. Like he still, he just he still does that. He's just a yeah. bit more tough about it, and he really takes control. Yeah, exactly. They don't come like he changes, but like not totally. He doesn't lose like the talents he already had, you know. Which I really appreciate that they could have made him like totally different uh, when he goes all crazy. But I like that they kind of. Made sure to keep like the management skills, the well, I guess leadership skills. I'd say more management than anything, but like keeping that part of his character while he's still going all wild. So yeah, right. Like we'll we'll we'll, we'll cover that part of the episode when we when we get there. Uh, but yeah, I think Jack. Uh, I'm looking up Tony's voice actor. I know he's the voice of uh, Wander and. He's vo- Pigs and Felix, yeah, Jack McBrayer. Right. Yeah, he, he he does a great job in this episode. Yeah, I was gonna mention him because like hit uh what was I saying? Oh uh, yeah, like Jack Jack is very uh Jack is kind of like a one note like VA because he has the voices like makes you I guess calm and stuff like he his voice is perfect for like it's pleasant children's shows yeah it's pleasant it's like it's very inviting so when he takes on roles that like requires him to be a little more manic it 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 it's weird but it also fits because it's like you're seeing this like gentle person becoming mad and it's like it's it's disturbing. It's also kind of neat, right? But and like at this point in the episode, Tony's still kind of like he's still kind of sheltered in his comfort zone, and Mrs. Croker is like trying to give him the pep talk, and which which is nice. And we eventually get to the Marauders camp, and I, I know Sasha briefly mentioned how they they don't have any they don't they have they don't have they have no allegiance to. The rebellion or Andrea, so they're kind of just there, and they have to like recover. They have to steal back their own supplies, and at, at this point, like Anne and Sasha split up with, uh, split away from 
the the townsfolk for this mission and i i, I love how the how did they fall for like the 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 loot in the tent trap Lago just Lago just hurried them. Like Lago just had no patience. He was like, he was like, who cares? Yeah. Like Sasha was like, oh, this is weird. I don't know about this guy. Lago was like, who cares? Then he just made them. <laughs> like, what the hell, Lago? Lago seems to be leaning more into bronze than brain. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all those gains. All this, all these gains. Honestly, made him a layer again. Yeah, because he's like, he has nothing to fear now. He's he's invincible. Yeah. Yeah, not even Andrews can stop him. <laughs> and, uh... And then also, like, when we... We got that brief moment of Toadie bumping into Maddie, and then, like, the, the, the curse hex goes off, even though it was probably just, like, a teleportation thing. Or Maddie just avoided, but it's nice to... It was a nice way to show that, like, I, I mean, I'm guessing everyone at this point who's watching this episode is aware that Maddie's a, a magic user, but it's just a nice reminder. Yeah. I, I mean, I just really love seeing how much she improves since literally, like, since Curse, right? Like, that's when she started really showing off her stuff. And, and, I, I don't know, man. It's just awesome. She had, like, so many neat tricks this episode. Yeah, and then... Yes, yeah, so like back at the Marauder camp, they they get ambushed. Anne and Sasha escape, and then but then the rest of the townsfolk are trapped and captured. We'll we'll, we'll cover the the Anne and Sasha stuff later, but I I just want to focus on the the Marauder camp plot here. So they're all captured, uh, and then we we get the reveal that. The leader of the Marauder Marauders is Barry of all people. Barry, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not like, I, I was like, I have my fingers crossed. I was like, I was like, bog, 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 bog. Yeah. <laughs> it was fucking Barry. <laughs> Holy shit! But like, right when you see, right when you see the bow tie, like you have to know you're like, yeah, like I was like, that's not bog. Like, so that's I was like, oh, bog isn't gonna come here. But I was like, okay, who is this then? Is it gonna be someone cool? Then it's like the fucking Barry takes off his helmet. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> the helmet doesn't fit him at all either. Because he's, he's like, yeah. normal like circus outfit and he's just wearing the the like death helmet. Like, they what he they like. knew I, like oh, shit. Uh, I was gonna say I I, I think <laughs> I feel like the I mean the writers clearly knew that we weren't thinking about Barry for a long time because he hasn't showed up in like a while, a while. I don't know. I feel like most people would have assumed the bog. Like it just seemed like the the obvious, like, oh yeah, it's definitely bog, right? But the more I think about it, I guess bog would probably work for for Andreas now. They established that like pretty early um in this episode that we got like three factions, we got the resistance, we got marauders, and then we got people working directly for Andreas. So I'm assuming Bog's gonna be a part of that mumbo jumbo, but <laughs> hilarious that it was Barry though. It works so well too. Like, <laughs> it's great. That's the, yeah, that's, I still love the show for that twist. Like I I I loved I love 3B for all the callbacks to season one. Yeah. Barry being back, I'll still take that. I'll still take it. If if they brought back Barry in this episode. 
there there is no way that they're they're probably gonna bring Jeremy back. Like yeah. I'll just say that. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> you think there's gonna be like a um a spore mind control thing part three that involves Jeremy? Yeah. But didn't Jeremy get like possessed? Mm-hmm. Yeah, as much as I wanna yeah. talk yeah. about Apotha Jeremy, like we'll 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 save that talk for later because like man like the show keep it's like season one is like you can just keep pulling from season one and just it's so rewarding like the grub hog we gotta get that back oh my god it's the grub grub hog grub hog appeared in like olivia and yunan so well i I mean more so like our grub hog whatever never mind yeah (laughs) sure but yeah, I feel like I feel so I feel bad for the people who skipped season one because they thought it was filler. But at feel the same bad. time, I'm not Yikes. we, we no, laugh I'm not, I'm we not. laugh at their we will laugh at their graves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh. Well hopefully they're going back and watching it all now. Yeah, it's a it's a win win, I guess. Like if you saw season one, you've been rewarded. If you if you haven't seen the segment, then maybe you'll give it a try, and hopefully you'll like it. Uh, yeah. Also, uh, I think we forgot to mention this, uh, like in the briefing. Like this is like the first episode that we don't see any of the planters. Like usually, when we got Sasha episodes, we we wouldn't see the planters at all. But yeah, I get what you mean. Like in in a Wartwood setting itself. Yeah, yeah. Is this the first? This is the first time Anne isn't with the planters at all in any scene, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's yes. that's huh? That's neat. I didn't huh? That's that's pretty yeah. huge. When you say so myself. Yeah, when you think about it, huh? That's a whole thing about. Well, they're not separate, but like, the planters and Anne are always like. You know, like a package stuck with each other. Yeah. So it's yeah. like I didn't even notice that. <laughs> and to be fair, like we got, we also did get like uh, in the season or earlier in the season, we got the first episode with the planters without Anne on the focus, which is like adventures in cat sitting. So I, it's nice to have we got the inverse of that. Yeah. I'm just really like. I was like, yeah, that's why I'm just really happy, like, this is pretty much, like, that's why I'm really happy Anne and Sasha were pretty hands-off with this episode until, like, well, I mean, I, I know they got their little snippets here and there, but I was just really happy that this really just felt like a genuine episode about just Warwick, right? Like, just this core, is it five? Is it five? I, was, I didn't even count. Like, how many people are there? It's, it's, it's five, people, it's right? five like, yeah. Five Warwick? Yeah. Five Bodie, Lago, yeah. Wally, Croker, and Sasha, or, and Anne. It's just really great to focus on them. And then, uh, yeah, so the, the townsfolk are all in jail, not jail, in, in, in their cell. Barry gives a speech about, he, he makes all these, like, jokes about sweets and anarchy. I, I, I like those puns. Like, he's like, who thought anarchy would be so sweet? What, like, you know, it's all the, it's all the corny yeah. stuff, which is, which is nice. I, I, it's, it's Barry, so you, you have to expect that from him. And then, yeah, like so, Croker starts coming up with a plan to get out, and I, I love that. I love that Toad Guard that has like that very like 
it's like the voice you would hear in like in like in on the PA for a. Uh, it's it's the voice you'd hear like on like a speaker like telling out and an, telling announcements or like a like a recorded voicemail message kind of voice. Like when he asks like Croker about like feedback when, like filling out like a feedback card when she like pretends to be like. She oh. she she tries to play up her her mm-hmm. old per, old people privileges i guess i don't know what to call it oh that's who you were talking about i thought you were talking about like the the huge the like yeah. yeah with the squeaky voice yeah <laughs> i had to think about who that was oh like, sorry oh. Yeah, i should specify yeah i was talking about the the guard that they knock out to get the key but yeah we also it had gets knocked out. yeah we also had that we- that 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 i forgot the name of the guard it doesn't matter but like he used to be like an accountant and then he has that like high pitched voice about intoxicated drinking. He sounds yeah. like someone who would leave a pamphlet on my like on my doorknob or something. <laughs> yeah, he, he sounds like me impersonating Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then uh, so they 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 actually get out of the cage and they're they're trying to escape and then. Like we get that moment of like Toadie trying to be a cert- like trying to assert his dominance against that like that one toad guy and then he get, he just gets thrown like a ball and knocks Mrs. Croker out and like I, I like how Croker is like like I think Nick mentioned earlier like Croker like had the most experience of them all so like her t- getting like taken out of the episode was kind of like for for the characters that kind of made them that like that kind of like brought morale down a bit and then they all started freaking out just, which is like Loggle kind of just defaults to like doing push-ups like this guy like this guy's muscles are all like it's all for show at this point <laughs> I don't know <laughs> he's into, he's into the gain life yeah and then, and then and and then that one toad guard just that one toad I don't know if it's toad or frog that this one marauder keeps bullying Toady and then I I like how early on the episode they established like the bow like like what when Toady like messed up his bow tie like it, it kind of, like that's what like was like that that kind of freaked him out and then he quickly like put it back to normal and then here when it's taken from him that's kind of like the last straw that that breaks him. Yeah, and also he got his like pencils and sticky notes uh, broken too. I gotta wonder, do you think it's it's a purposeful like parallel when he like he like kneels on the ground and it sort of zooms into him with the sad music? Do you think that's a purposeful parallel to two colors? That's what I would. That's I what really I. That. that was my first thought, but I don't <laughs> oh know. Yeah, <laughs> I even think so. how was it? Well, you, guys are you guys are literally insane. <laughs> every every close up crying moment is yeah. a true color surface. Every, everything's a true color reference. Every stab is a true color reference. <laughs> uh, I mean, I it's... think like one. Oh, no, go ahead. Go mention. go ahead. Impact. One thing I was gonna mention um, that I thought was really funny was just the banter between the Wartwood crew. 
um, our townies, like, <laughs> like Wally is just like, just bring me to the boom shrooms. And then, I forget what Maddie says, like, and then what? Just bring me to them. I'll see what happens. <laughs> that banter was really funny. Like, and we mentioned Logo already. Logo's muscles have been like, what's like For his sure. whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Like they've been, yeah. they've been making that joke a lot with him where he's just like, that's his like yeah, that's kind of his whole thing like now that he's buff. Which is funny. I like that. They kept that a little bit of part of him with like um creating the bridge and stuff that we saw in season one. Um so that was nice, but I don't know. I just love the banter between all of them. I think that was great. Yeah, Ma- Maddie brought up like trying to curse all the guards. With like vo- like those voodoo dolls. And she needed like their hair or something. Yeah. I forget exactly what she said. Yeah, yeah, and it's it probably took like one like one day or one month. <laughs> and yeah. oh yeah, and also um, uh, sorry about interrupting, but like speaking of Buff Loggle, uh, <laughs> not gonna lie, it, he kind of makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> like, has he done his Wait, like Buff Loggle? Yeah, I I guess I just don't like overly muscle people. <laughs> like. Has he done his like signature like draw out like the phrase like draw out the sentence thing he does he did in the oh, past? He hasn't yet. No, he hasn't. No, no. Oh, I hope they bring that back. I don't want them to like replace his gag. Yeah, yeah. I guess they. Yeah, I, I hope. I hope it happens. Yeah. Like I don't know, Sprig's dying, and like someone's like, "Is anyone just saying? Can anyone do anything?" Then like, <laughs> <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. I can. <laughs> I can. <laughs> yeah, I hope we get. Yeah, that was like his like signature thing, and yeah. But then, but then yeah, he got now buff. They just made, yeah, he he became buff, and now that's his thing. Yeah. 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 So like, yeah, Toadie gets broken, and apparently, there's a sticky note where he wrote down like Mrs. Croker's like words of encouragement and that's kind of when he like that's when Toadie goes like feral not f- completely feral like we like you guys brought up earlier like he, he stole like he doesn't like go into like a mindless rage he just he just stops holding back <laughs> and uh yeah. he, he kind of gets yeah he kind of yeah, like takes over the situation yeah. it's like it's like contained it's contained anger which is Probably the most uh, intimidating kind. Yeah. Dude, it was really funny when you kept on slapping Logo. The Logo was like, Stop slapping! Me! Like, he was like, I don't know. I don't know. Like, yeah. 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 yeah, and then, yeah, so they come up with the plan. They they somehow made a bunch of, like, like, fake, like, like, a bunch of replicas of themselves. I, I'm not sure where they got the resources for that, but that's just. That's just the way the segment goes, but but yeah, I, I guess Loggle shows off his strength, where he pretty much digs the tunnel with his bare hands, which is which is pretty That's insane. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Like, I, I take back my comment about like Loggle's muscles just being for show. Like, it, there there's a there's a use for it here, and and it's great. And I, I kind yeah, of I, mean, I feel bad for finding this funny, but I like how like Mrs. Croker's kind of like wrapped like a little like wrapped like a baby <laughs> being carried on Loggle's back. 
Yeah, it reminds me of like uh, a burrito. Yeah, he's like she's like wrapped up in a burrito with <laughs> being carried in the goggles back. Oh yeah, and also uh, Maddie knows mind jacking spells. That's that's disturbing. Mm, only cool. to like. Oh, pickle! You're, you're oh, you going to like spiders. I don't know like, how powerful like, magic is. Oh yeah, yeah, true, true, true. But like, yeah, maybe it's just small creatures or something. But I mean, it's still really cool power to have because, like, you know, no one's going to be paying attention to a spider just crawling around right now. She can like just look at the whole area, feel. I mean, I wonder why she. Well, okay. I was going to ask why she didn't do that before. I guess she has to be up close to them or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like, get, but like the fact that she can do that is still like a big improvement yeah. on her magic. Absolutely. Like she has learned a lot from uh from the last time we saw her. Which is like which is like an episode where she's like where she does try and learn new spells and stuff. Like necromancy. Which is which again it's like a nice continuity. Yeah. Yeah, and I think like when I first saw that scene, I I was a little confused on what was happening. Because I saw the purple eyes for the the spider, and the first thing I thought of was like the um the collars from last episode. I don't know why. Like, well, the purple eyes. I just said why. I was like, wait, what did Maddie just do? Like, oh, she's seeing out of the the spider. Okay, I didn't get that at first, so I had to like think about it for a little bit. So, yeah. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, when I first saw the eyes, like I was kind of confused, but then I realized, oh wait, like when they, when they both like shake, like when they both rub their hands at the same time, then I, I, I got, oh, okay, Maddie's kind of in control of the spider, and then oh, that's why their eyes look similar. It means Maddie's in control. So it took me a while to, to to like make the connection. Yeah. Yeah. I do think Maddie's general creepy aesthetic was done really well in this episode. Like, there's this, there's the scene where she kind of goes up right next to, to um, to Barry, and she's like, "Oh, I'm gonna do it," and he's like, "No, please don't do it." And she kind of just, she like does the whole like giggle thing in like the sinister film. It's the, the one directly after it. And I think her aesthetic is, I think it's pretty cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Like w- when we get that like final battle at the end. Yeah, so yeah, we covered the tunnel. They get to the supplies. Wally's our our boy Wally's so happy to be <laughs> reunited with those with those bombs. And uh Yeah, like Pickle, you brought up like like Maddie's just like that evil grin she knows she's going to like we we all like we all kind of knew like she had that same curse like ready, ready to use on Barry and oh yeah and Sasha, Sasha and Anne come back from their B plot and they they see the 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 the, the townies have it all under control. Uh, I think this is a good time to talk about the, the B plot of this episode where. 
Yeah, I was gonna mention. Oh wait, 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 wait. Can we at least talk about the ending? Because that was really funny. Oh, I was like, I was gonna talk about the ending once we cover the the Sasha, the Sasha and stuff. Because oh, okay. it's like, yeah, that's yeah, when yeah, everything right, intersects. Right, right. Yeah, because I think the I think the ending is very interconnected to like the B plot, which is why we should probably start talking about it now. Yeah. So like, while while this is all happening with the townsfolk, like Anne and Sasha got out, and Sasha has like complete faith in like the. The, the town used to get out of it to like complete the mission and the episode like and these like quick scenes are and kind of being a little bit frustrated Suspicious. by sasha and kind of assuming not the worst kind of assuming like sasha's still like indifferent to to the frogs that back back compared to back in like reunion so yeah, there's like a little bit of that. We we get that disconnect between them, which is nice. Yeah, and there's like a good transition between them too. It always feels like it connects with like the townie so well too that it it's a very good like subplot that I was not <laughs> expecting at all. That was, this was like very fresh. Um, I Amphibia doesn't do subplots like all too much. You know what I mean? Usually, like, the, the greatest example I can think of is, like, Bessie and Michael Michelangelo, where we have, like, Anne trying to get a new, like, some new gear, and then, like, Bessie and Michelangelo doing their thing. So this was really unique. Um, I, I, I think, like, at the beginning, when, when Anne's, like, frustrated at Sasha, it makes, it makes perfect sense, especially considering, like, Anne's role in, in 3A, like in general, even like this was season two, Anne, she would still be frustrated. But I think like with Anne's been like caretaker for the planters for like for like a few like a month or so. So like for her, like she's always like the first person to go out there and save somebody or or protect them or take care of the people she loves, right? And like for and she doesn't really have that perception of of um she doesn't really. She knows Sasha's changed, but she doesn't really know their relationship with the um, with the townies. So I think that was like such a really, really cool conflict to give to a subplot. It was weird. It was it was nice. So I'll go into it a little more when, yeah. But yeah, it was neat. Yeah, I was gonna say like it's it's kind of like another. The subplot is kind of like another follow up to like Second Temple, which is like, and like proving her like heart and empathy for to Valeriana by like showing care to like the townies and stuff and also like it's I, it's another it's a, i think it's a good point like to put, to bring out that while they're waiting for like the townies to get out sasha immediately offers Anne for a re to a sword fighting rematch she didn't she still wants the dub she wants the rubber match Oh, yeah, I guess because yeah. like Anne has her right now on 2 0, right? Like, kicked her ass, yeah. Before, right? Yeah, and also might be like, yeah. <laughs> who, who didn't want to see them like spar a little bit more, yeah. even if they weren't like at each other's throats? It's fun to see them sword fight, yeah. yeah well, I, mean, like... I, I won't lie, like, their fights are like really, 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 really entertaining because like they really bring out good things out of each other. I guess, like, yeah, this episode wasn't as dramatic as the other ones, but hey, it still really gave us solid ones. I, I, I mean, I think. Well, Sasha really shine here. I think I, I just really, really, really enjoyed what um what it did for Anne, right? Like, I just love the fact they're still carrying over, you know, some of like um the lingering 
and bad blood that's still between them. Well, I guess just really just coming from Anne, honestly. But yeah, I thought they handled that really well. Yeah, plus, like, Anne is, like, very rusty in her sword fighting. So this is good practice for her when she's ready to hold the broadsword if she's destined to, to hold. And when's she going to get to use a blue sword? Soon. Soon. Noobs and tights. Just, just got to hold on. <laughs> yeah, noobs and tights. We just got to keep waiting. Yeah. Almost there. I think for me, like, the really cool thing about this segment, too, was, like, Anne's kind of, like, had to learn how to, like, remove her preconceptions of people from her past a lot in season three. So, like, a great example is, like, Mr. Axe, right? She has these kind of, like, preconceived notion of her parents that they won't be able to handle, like, um, all the crazy stuff she's been dealing with with, like, the robots or, like, FBI and whatnot. She wants to get them away because she has that past preconception of them. And, like, it's really cool that we kind of bring this back again with Sasha. But Sasha, it makes perfect sense because we've seen all the, the bad crap Sasha has done to Anne. And while Anne's being mature about, like, there's no reason to start arguing and yelling at her um, from last episode, there's still, like, that sense of tension. And Anne, maybe, like, subconsciously, still thinks of Sasha as that person she was before. She wants to accept her change of course but it's like it's very natural for Anne to have like that still that bad preconception we saw that in commander Anne a little bit with the manipulation line and then we see it again here and it's just nice to kind of i love that they bring that back in in some way it's it's a natural thing for both of them to have that conflict in this state especially since Anne doesn't know sasha's relationship to the other townies so yeah yeah, I mean, I, I just love the fact that Anne assumes, that, like, automatically assumes the worst out of her. Like, even after the album Commander Anne, like, you know what I mean? I, I just love the fact that it's not easy for them to really get over their issues. Even so, like, each episode has really ended positively for them, right? Like, Anne just feeling pretty happy about these changes in Sasha, but, yeah, I mean, she, she can see that Sasha's a different person now, but, you know, that's not really going to change what's happened in the past, right? Like, that's still something that they're going to have to process. Yeah. You know, it's... Actually, go on, Pickle. Uh, to be honest, I kind of hope Sasha does do do something wrong in terms of, like, I don't want them to do a whole nother, like, loop-de-loop of, oh no, she's evil again, okay, she's gonna be good again. But I kind of want her to have some sort of B-plot where she does make a mistake and does push, push Anne in the wrong way. Not in, like, Commander Anne's way, where it's like, she's trying too hard to be good, but more like, she relapses a little bit, and then she, like, apologizes and goes back because i kind of want to show the like i want them to like show the bumps in the road as she's like learning to be better i would like that too yeah i feel like because so far sasha's like redemption has kind of been season two was a little was very bumpy season three has kind of been in like this straight line of progression and improvement so far um, when we hit a bump, we get better from it. Um, and I feel like that would be really cool, honestly. I, I had thought that, like, Anne and Sasha were going to have, like, more conflict in Almtown Road. I don't know why. It just kind of got that vibe from the description. But that would be, like, a fantastic thing to kind of give them in the middle of 3B to kind of, like, rupture and repair. Even though they've had a lot of ruptures before. Um, 
to kind of for Anne to like start thinking poorly of Sasha a little bit, but not in like this out of character, like jerky kind of way. Just more so like Sasha makes some mistake or fails in some way. And Anne starts thinking maybe like this isn't actually going to work out. So I think that would be really neat, but not make it too repetitive. Yeah, I'm going to go with that direction, like at least make it a bit minor, like don't make it like a big plot point again, because like at least something that could be resolved very easily. Yeah, I think it, it I think it has to be minor within an episode or else it's just like another one. Yeah, and, it's going to be you know. like another big yeah. plot and like a series of big plots that we have to get through. And we already solved that already. So like, why bring it up back up again? You know? Like that again. That's pretty repetitive. I want it to be more of like a to show like Sasha is still not like she hasn't. She's still like learning to not be like her past self and not just like Anne keeps misjudging her and then Sasha's like, oh, actually, I'm I'm perfect now, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think I think giving Sasha a bit of a taste of failure might be like a good good focus on that if we're if they're gonna do that you know yeah like, i think i think um, i think it could add some interesting depth to the kind of the new sasha yeah because like if there's one thing that we do know about sasha like before before 3a before 3b and at during 3b is that she probably doesn't still like failure so it would be interesting if she does if she gets that after this you know i feel like if you were going to do that, for me, like, I kind of like the idea of, like, Sasha messing up, but Anne having her back a little bit more, in the sense of, like, I feel like all these ruptures right now for, for Anne and Sasha, at this point, I feel like we've had enough, like, conflict with them to feel like if Sasha does mess up or, or make a mistake in some way, I do would like the idea of Anne kind of supports her a little bit. Um, I mean, I like the I like the conflict idea too, but I also like after that like confrontation or after Sasha messes up and she's got her back, you know what I mean? They both are they're, they're in a partnership here at the end of the day. So like, yeah, they're equal, you know, yeah. they always got each other's back no matter what. So I kind of yeah. would like that more. Yeah, plus like, like, like all of these episodes, like, the conflict comes from Anne's doubt for Sasha. So making that the like the reverse of it, which is like Sasha's now the one who is like having issues, would be a lot will be a little more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah, yeah, I I liked all these observations. Yeah, it's 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 it, yeah, I, I like this this layer that Anne has with Sasha now. It's uh, it, it it kind of carries over into the next episode too, which is nice. And I, I guess we can like cover like the final scene or the final act of this episode, where like Sasha and, and Anne kind of they they come back to the camp and they they see the townies are pretty much like have the situation under control in a way. Yeah, and uh, they're kicking some major ass right there. Oh, absolutely! Like, Toady like takes down that toad that picked on him earlier and gets his bow back, his yeah. bow tie back, and 
I, I love yeah, we already covered Maddie like cursing Barry again and I love that joke about how like like Anne is like Anne is shocked about Toady and then Toady's just like, Yeah, this is how I dress Toadstool in the morning. <laughs> Like damn, like like how like how like is Toads like I'm guessing Toadstool is already just like an like a like a grow like a grown like a man child. I don't even know. It's 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 ambiguous. Like it's very ambiguous. I guess like I'm not even sure. Yeah, and then like yeah, I think it's oh, go ahead, pickle. I think it's kind of funny the way Toadie and. And Toadstool just kind of drop the, the the very weird the very weird details about each other, like casually, and it's kind of a a gag at this point. Uh, yeah, <laughs> really weird. Oh yeah, like Toadstool just expected like Toadie to come with him to like Toad Tower, kind of like like he's like part of the luggage, I guess, in, in that episode. But uh. Yeah, I like how like Loggle is pretty much like just carrying every everything out. Like he's like their snail in a way, but cuz cuz buff, buff Loggle. Uh Yeah, we get that like to like Mrs. Croker like is awake and she's proud of she's proud of Toadie, which is which is a nice moment and we get that last scene of not last scene, second last scene of the episode with Sasha and Anne, and 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 Sasha kind of points out that she was able to spend time with the townsfolk like while Anne was away, and she's had her own adventures with them, and she she's she doesn't see them as soldiers. The the way, which is what Anne thought Sasha saw them as, but it, that's not the case, and which is nice. Yeah, and I think it's oh, like, it, it, it's oh, go ahead. No, no, Nick, you go, you go. Like, I was, I, I'm disappointed in like Wally, Maddie, and Lago for like, like what the fuck was that? Like, like Mrs. Kroger's like, good job, I'm Tony. I, I always think you had it in you. Then just fucking tell him, no, no, we doubted you the whole time, man. <laughs> What's with that? Come on, <laughs> it's kind of me. Brutal. <laughs> like just, just tell him straight to his face about it. Damn. I also like I like how the difference the difference between how. Sasha saw and acted with the Wartwood townies, who she kind of is a commander of, versus how she was with Percy and Braddock. I like how, like, both times she was friends with them, but at the same time, the way she, like, she definitely thought of herself, I think, as friends with Percy and Braddock, but she always put herself first. And then with the the other three, she really she really knows or four of them, yeah. With the with the Wartwood citizens, she thinks of herself as their friend and their commander, and she has those commander like roles and duties over them, but she also values each of them and she and she like knows what they can and can't do and lets them make their own decisions more. Having yeah. that kind of healthy like obviously healthy relationships, but just in general, like that healthy viewpoint of leadership where Sasha isn't thinking of them as just like tools to win the game. <laughs> At the end of the day, she's thinking of them as people, which is why she has faith that um, 
that the Warward crew was able to get out of there safely, and they did. So that's a that's a really good point. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she kind of makes that. She she also brings up how she she learned that from Anne, which is a nice moment. It t- it took Sasha a while to to figure it out, but I'm glad she she got to this point. Yeah. And then, and then the I guess we can go into the final scene of uh, yes, Barry. Barry. That's what I was. Yes, that's why I really wanted to get to. Yeah, like like Barry is just like he's like oh man, like the well the Marauders just like oh where are we gonna eat? And then Barry's like oh this is the worst. So just and like all the other Marauders are just eyeing Barry like <laughs> like. like the, like even the, the the toad in the back has like has a fork and knife out like she's ready to. <laughs> this show loves its cannibals. Like <laughs> <laughs> I just thought like fucking Barry goes like holy. <laughs> oh, <it's really laughs> like, the 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 audio effect of just the bacock just overlaid. Yeah, I love how out of place that was because like that just made it more funny. It was like a censorship thing. Yeah. I didn't even think about it like that. <laughs> yeah, and then... And that's Sasha's Angels. Like, we've covered... I believe we covered everything in the episode. I'm just looking back at my notes yeah. again. Yeah, I think we covered everything. So if there's any, yeah, I don't have much else. To say. Yeah, I was gonna there... say I don't have much else to say for that. Yeah, if there's any final thoughts on, not final thoughts, fa- final thoughts, I guess final observations before we go into Old Town Road. Uh, nope. Okay, I guess we can go into Old Town Road then, which was d- directed by Roxanne Cole. Written by Gloria Shen, and storyboards by Inbal Breda, Cassie Zwart, and Anna Lencioni. She, she, I think, start she or they. Actually, I'm not really sure. They they started boarding Amphibia, like on Escape to Utopia, Escape to Amphibia, which is like nice. I, I was just surprised to see like a new a new face at the time, but. Good for them, for like getting this gig. Uh, yeah, so Old Town Road was just about. It was about the resistance trying to find. Like they've been doing all these raids, and they're trying to find like the, like a like an actual like long term goal or. Some kind of plan that will actually like kind of like, severely. Like to put a dent in Andrews's like operation. That's the whole point. Because like, everything they've done so far is kind of small scale from their point of view. And that's when we get the Mother of Olms callback back from Fight at the Museum. And that leads them to this journey of callbacks. Once again, another callback. Uh we go back to Corler's Pass. We get to see we get we get the entrance to Mother. To, to Proteus, which is like the city of where all the the Olms live, 
and the we we got the return of the, those conjoined the conjoined twin olms. Uh, I'll I'll get their name later, but like that was all fun. Proteus was amazing. Just a really solid ep. Like this is a really solid episode. Like just from like in in every like in every aspect. That's I guess those are my general thoughts for now. But man, yeah, like yeah, I just I love this episode. Uh, Pickle, what what are your thoughts on Olmtown Road? Uh, really, really good episode. But I think like the first thing that really comes to mind about this episode is I loved the graphics about it. The the backgrounds were just absolutely beautiful. The character designs of basically everyone new involved. I think most importantly, what was her name? The the one starting with a P, but the the sort of queen of Ohms, her her design Parisia was really pretty. Or something like per- that? Persia. Parisia. 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 Yeah, especially I don't know. I guess we'll go into talking about it later. She, she her design was very beautiful and also had some very interesting aspects lore wise with the the eye resem- the eye on her like necklace thing resembling the core. And the backgrounds are really pretty with the like the purple water. And also a lot of new lore that I'm sure we'll get into involving codes and a new mural and just in general just a really great episode for like new content as well as a fun episode to watch, as usual. I mean, that's about my that's my rough thoughts. All right. Thank you, Pickle. Uh, Impact, what are your thoughts on Olmtown Road? Olmtown Road was really fun. Um, this was, I feel like this is season three's whole tagline of like, this is not how, this is not how I expected that to go, but okay. Because <laughs> with this episode, like, I did not expect that we would get a Sasha episode, this one. I swore it was going to be um, Sasha's Angels, and then this one was going to be focused on Anne, but I actually really liked that. It was nice to kind of give Sasha that um that opportunity especially with all the lore stuff too Sasha hasn't been involved in a lot of those so I think that was great um Proteus is so cool looking I just I love the purple look of it all I it looked so cool I'm not really like the lore dude in terms of like ciphering runes and such I just go like man that looks really cool and then just <laughs> keep watching the episode but I really liked it Proteus was really cool. The alms were really neat. Um, and yeah, this episode was just really, really fun. <laughs> I'll go into more detail about Sasha and stuff and her role this episode in general when we when we get to it. But like the pacing of this episode was on point. The the new setting was awesome. The lore was on point. We're gonna get a lot more later, but for what we know, like now, this was this was really neat. I really like Almtown Road, so. Yeah, great episode. All right, thank you, Impact. Lemur, what are your thoughts on Old Town Road? Old Town Road is another great episode from this show. Like, in terms of, in terms of everything that we want, this is pretty close to giving us everything. Like, callbacks, lore development, a new setting that we could explore, like more character development from one of one of uh this season's highlights it's it almost is pretty much everything that we ever wanted 
And the fact that it, this is just a setup episode for next week is incredible. Like, I, I can't, I can't dive into this episode here because we're we were getting to that like later, uh, like shortly after this. But as of now, like, Town Road is such a good episode. It is, it is great. All right, thank you, Weimer. And Nick, what are your thoughts on Hometown Road? It's, I mean, basically what, what everyone has already said, right? Like, a really, really, really good episode full of, like, really satisfying callbacks to previous episodes that we never really thought would ever come back in a significant way. But, um, yeah, just, I, yeah, I, I was also surprised that this was, um, I, I guess, like, another... I don't want to call it another Sasha episode, but like, yeah, this is definitely another episode where they like, sort of gave Sasha a character study here, right? So that was pretty nice to see. Um, honestly, I, I don't really have much. To, I don't really have much to say about the episode. Like, I, I just thought it was pretty neat, really. All right, thank you, Nick. So I guess to start off the episode, it it starts in the planning, like in the not not in the same meeting room. It's more like Sasha. It was Sasha's like office in a way. Um. Yeah, they're trying to figure out how to take down Andreas in a in a more significant way, and then that's when Anne and Hop Hop bring up the what what they saw back on Earth. And of course, like Anne kind of just like gives uh Frobo her phone. And he just swallows it and projects the picture up and just technology things <laughs> but uh what, what was kind of weird not weird just it was odd how like croaker just like immediately could read newtopian like new newtopian oh, I was, language like i was thinking about that too like i thought it made sense though because like because i know like i feel like croaker is older you know she's one of the older frogs of the of the cast and she was a secret agent too so i'm like i don't know i kind of get the vibe that because i'm pretty sure the new the utopian language is in utopia i'm pretty sure it's, yeah i'm just making sure because there's different languages we get in the show so it's like now we got a new one but like i feel like i felt like it made sense like i don't know i questioned it too but like i could buy that miss croaker no new utopian i don't know that sounded like that made sense to me she was a secret agent she went all around the world i could buy that like, it's also like, I know Marcy's like called like the ancient Utopian room or something before, but we've seen we've seen Utopian citizens casually use the language in like the, yeah. in the the Polyan. Yeah, and she called so she called it a dead language. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just feel like oh. it wasn't. <laughs> I think like what she meant by that is that no one uses it in like a speaking manner, but some people use like it in writing and stuff, you know? Yeah, I mean like this just has to go back to the order, right? I mean she's a spy, right? Like a retired one, so like like she had to learn a couple lang- a couple like ancient languages here. Like I I can see it making sense. Uh-oh. Yeah. Like, don't forget, Crackness is Croker. Yeah. Maybe it's like, like people want it's people, head, but it's people, not really yeah, and also like, didn't we saw like a Mrs. Kroger ancestor in that three B teaser? I mean, 
That we did. That was not Wait, like. A, we did. No, no, it was just like it was someone who looked like Mrs. Croker with the one eye thing. It's like, oh. okay, like maybe. <laughs> nah, Miss Miss Croker is just that old. <laughs> <laughs> I don't doubt that she's alive at the time where she can like learn that stuff, you know. Enough about the planet uh, ancestor. We gotta start investigating oh this. I, I'm literally watching it right now. Holy shit! It actually, does look like her. What? <laughs> yeah, wow. I, I know, right? Like I said, like I said, like she she might know because of her ancestor. I just feel like it's because of the order, right? Like it's spy stuff, right? Like that has to teach her some stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think that too. But like, it also helps, you know. Yeah, I think that uh, cracking is just Croak relevance. <laughs> and uh, is the most important character in the show. And uh, I, I guess like bef- I, I forgot to mention this. Like before we get before Anne like introduces the mother of Olm's like knowledge. Like the the stuff they they got back on Earth, uh, like Sasha mentions how they've been getting these wins, and like right when everyone's about to celebrate, she tells them not to. And I kind of, I guess that kind of makes no that that kind of makes last week's gag a little bit more funny. How right when Sasha left, they all immediately asked Grime and Anne to have a party. Like they didn't want to ask Sasha for that for this. Ah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense because uh, I guess Grime, Grime really has chilled out, huh? <laughs> that, I feel like he's commenting hard, hard ass. Oh, I was just gonna say, like, I was just gonna say, like, I think it's the combination of like Anne and Grime there that made them want to ask that. You know what I mean? Because Anne would have been a little bit more like. Yeah, sure, why not? So I think it's a combination of both of them. But yeah, I think, like, the thing that was funny to me is that Sasha said, we need an actual plan. Like, they didn't have one <laughs> already. Like, it makes sense why they didn't, because, like, what are they going to do to Andreas's whole army? But I just find that funny that Sasha was just doing stuff just to mess with Andreas. She had, like, no big endgame. <laughs> oh, yeah, time. that's... I just find that funny. She's a good strategist. Yeah, she was still like thirteen to fifteen, so yeah. yeah. That that's that was something I was thinking about, like thinking about like all the way back in Survivor, because like I mean, these are just random robot camps on the outskirts, like right next to Warwick. I mean, like, is Andrews really really gonna give a shit about that? I mean, like because I feel like what's really important to him is just him getting his robot army, right? Just so he can invade other worlds. So it just made me think like, does this really matter to him? Like is, is there a reason why he's not trying harder to crush the rebellion? You know what I mean? Like, it, I don't, I don't know. It feels like, it feels like there's sort of mosquitoes to him right now. To be honest. Yeah, and well, I, I think, think like, I think he cares about them more than that, just because Anne is on their side, and it's like it's Sasha and Anne who are like the you know important prophecy people who he didn't want to be get letting them get their power. But I mean, judging by the fact that Sasha has only mentioned like there's the Marauders, there's the Resistance, and there's Andreas. It feels like the resistance is kind of big if, like, there's really only those two sides and then a handful of neutral people. I thought, like, when... Here's the interesting thing. I didn't even mention this in Sasha's Angels. So, like, um, when Barry is telling, like, they're going to sell, like, 
they're gonna sell like oh yeah them to, to andreas yeah yeah so like andreas knows like the resistance fighters like i don't know cost like more money or they're more valuable or something so andreas knows about the resistance right like there has to be like he never mentioned them but like he clearly knows they exist. I just don't know if he knows Anne's there. I'm assuming not. Because I feel like we would have seen that. You I know? don't think he knows that Anne's back. That's why he's I very think relaxed. I think the next time we see Andreas and or Darcy is going to be when they find out that Anne's back. I mean, yeah. If, 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 if Andreas finds out, he's probably going to shit his pants. Yeah. If Anne was a problem on Earth, she's going to be a much bigger problem on Amphibia. Where she, where she can actually get, like, all the important information she fucking needs about the prophecy. I mean, he's going to be in deep shit. Like, I feel like the court's going to be pretty pissed off. That yeah, like, <laughs> right, like, literally, like, in the new normal, he, like, he, he says, like, the one person who can stand my way is Anne. Yeah, and then now she's, like, back in, like, and now she's, like, back in Amphibia. And now she's like, has, like, she, she's pretty much the hero in, in this world, yeah. in a way. Yeah, he's, he's not going to be happy. Like, he's not going to be happy about that. <laughs> like, yeah, that's I can't wait really like, Yeah, like, the last time we saw Andreas, he's, like, I like he's pissed off, but he says that it won't matter because once he finishes his RB, he says everything is over. But, like... God, that, that, that was such good delivery on... Sorry, not to, but that was, like, just such good delivery on, like, Keith David's part. Like, I, I, I just thought back to that line, right? Like, like... He was like, it doesn't matter. No one can stand up against us, right? Like, not anyone. Like, it, it was just really good. Yeah. And then, so I guess... Yeah. Yeah, so... They, they, need a, they need a long-term strategy, and then... Like, when they bring up the, like... When they bring up the Mother of Olms and Grimes, like, oh, no one's seen Olm. That's when... That's when our... our, our the, the planter children... Burst, burst out of like yeah. the sack they were hiding in, <laughs> and that they they basically said like, so they they remembered those Olms names. Uh, damn, I I didn't bring I didn't pull it up. Uh, it was like Edwin. It was Lysol and Angwin. Oh, Egwin. Yeah. Wait, was it Egwin? Lysol. I think it was Angwin. Ang- Angwin. Angwin. Okay. Lysol. <laughs> like the cleaning supply. <laughs> So like penguin as in like penguin? I think it's spelled differently, but I think it's pronounced out. I don't know. It's I'm just gonna go double check. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so so they mentioned like Lysol and Egwin and from Coraler's Pass and they, they don't really have like any other like any other option. So we we, we go back so to Coraler's Pass and oh go ahead, Pickle. Uh it is Lysol and Angwin. Okay. Like A N G W I N, and Lysol is just L Y S I L. Okay. Thank you. Yeah, so they go back to Coiler's Pass. I like how they. I remember this kind of like color. How do I call this? Color palette? Where it's like kind of like dulled out on the outside. Like all, all their colors are kind of muted in a way to show like they're in, like they're high up and surrounded by fog in a way. So it was nice for us to, like revisit that setting and then we see Andrews. Oh wait. Oh go ahead and I was I was gonna I was gonna mention something because now when when Quirley's past now with Joe with Joe Sparrow, I 
Wait, are we? We're on that point, right? I just want to make sure. Yeah, like I was gonna yeah. meant bring up how like Andrews already has like robots set up here, like excavate. Oh, okay. There, there, there. There's robots here for some reason, which we find out later. But oh, I was gonna say like, so I had originally thought since we have like all these robots in the sky and stuff, and we have Mutopia Castle in the sky. I had originally thought, like, Joe Sparrow wasn't even an option. I, I just kind of got that vibe, like, with Andreas, like, having robots all over the place and all over the sky. It just seemed like an impossible thing to use now, which is why the episode is called Almtown Road, because we literally need to travel on the road <laughs> to get there. That's what I, I originally thought, but, like, no, we could just use Joe to... to the fast travel again. Apparently, Joe is too powerful for the freaking robots. Yeah, that that kind of bugged me in this episode too. Like, at, at least here they don't explain it. Like, remember for Bessie, Michelangelo, and the Third Temple, where they're they're like packing up the wagon, and then they just end up taking Joe. <laughs> like, I mean, at least at least I think the good thing about season two, where they showed the road trip, is like we we had that journey. And then now we're just, yeah, it's just fast travel now. We're, we don't need to relive the same moment over again. Yeah, and it's it's just it's just weird. I, I don't mind fast travel. It's just like, that felt like a, at least my explanation, you know, like, I get why they did it. Because, you you know, they have to get to Quirler's Pass relatively quickly. And Amphibia is kind of like, not a playground, but like, they need to get to places quickly. So I understand that. It was just like, it just seemed like Amphibia was so different that, like, there's no way they can just ride on a bird, right? Andrews, one of their robots would just shoot that thing down instantly, which I guess kind of adds to this thing, too, where I had originally thought, like, Anne not being seen would have been a, a bigger thing, too. But would, I guess not. I don't know. It was, it, was a, it was a question mark in my head when that scene showed up. So, yeah. It is possible that just because it was the Quirrell's Pass is like way in the mountain and on that like rickety road, it's possible that Andreas just kind of was, it was just an oversight where he didn't really think it was worth having troops up there because, you know, pain in the ass out there who would be going through there. And Andreas has been kind of, I mean, he's he's been shutting down the resistance, but he it seems like his focus is more on getting the Calamity Box to get him to other planets at this point. Yeah, Pretty much, plus, yeah. Plus, de- plus developing his army. Like, he's more important with that stuff. Yeah, that's true. I guess, like... Because even, like, what I, I just said with, like, looking... Because he's not going to be looking for Anne, because he there's no reason for him to assume Anne made it back to Amphibia. So... But I was yeah. surprised that, like, that was... That wasn't a plot point. Like, a robot, like, seeing Anne or something, and then Andreas goes, Yo, what the hell? Oh, my God! <laughs> and, like... In this episode or like the previous one, so hopefully that you know that that shows up soon. But I'm just very surprised it, it that it hasn't been a thing. So I don't know. This is a thought, right? And then we we get to Quarler's Pass and Spriggan, like Spriggan Polly. They they well, it's Polly's idea to be to be annoying, and then that's what draws out. Uh, Lysel and Anguin again, and I guess 
I'll, I'll just do it now so I don't do it later. Like, man, Coralers Pass, like, coming back into play. That was... That's great. <laughs> like... Yeah. Well played, Matt Brinley. <laughs> like, there's no... There's... <laughs> <laughs> there's there's no like not just back into play it's just, yeah it's, it's so like I, i'm glad they had this back in season two just set up some ohms here and then i i think we everyone had the same thought when grabs like oh no one's seen an ohm in decades and then like i think hopefully like people who remember this episode would, would think oh wait no we saw ohms and then that's when sprig and polly come back into play and their their really? sibling their sibling nonsense ended up like saving the plot. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Like they literally saved the world just now. No like fact. You can't, yeah, can't disagree. They saved the world. Nope. I don't want no no one can disagree. They literally no. saved the world by bickering. The fact that Quarler's past even came back in the first place is crazy. Because I just thought it was just like a one-off location that is probably never gonna come back. And we didn't know the but like we didn't even know the Proteus is under Coralers Pass this entire time. We yeah. thought that they're gonna travel like someplace far away, but no, it's just right under Coralers Pass. That's crazy. And uh, yeah, that, that's still mind blowing. And w- when I when think, the mother like, of, when her... the mother of Alms was first introduced, like some people started like looking back at this episode, like, oh, like is this gonna be important or? And I, I like how there's some of that, like, some of that doubt happened, like, oh, like, maybe this is a thing, and, yup, it is a thing, and it's it's great. I think, like, for me, <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be positive here. I think, like, one of the things that does make this interesting is Quarter's Pass's place in Season 2. The fact that, like, it was very weird. When I first watched Quirler's Past, I was like, why is this next to a Sasha episode? That was weird. Because even, like, before with Prison Break and Toe Tax, I said them in reverse, but, like, there's obvious, like, there's a reason why they're both connected. With this one, it was a little weird. But it's interesting that, like, this episode that has Quirler's Past in it, and Quirler's Past was right next to a Sasha episode, that Sasha's the main focus here. I don't know. I find that interesting. It, maybe that wasn't fully planned out, but I'd like to think it it was somewhat. There's a reason why they connected the alms and stuff and with Sasha and her importance in this episode, and they kind of put them together. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe lo- that might be something they were thinking about when putting these episodes together. So e- Either yeah. it's just a coincidence or Matt Brawley and his crew are actually playing 4D chess. Maybe the latter. <laughs> I, I, just kinda, the latter. <laughs> I just kind of hope Sasha gets to like ride Lazel Nangwin into battle at some point or something like that. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah, be insane. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we get that quick encounter where Lysel and Nangwin try to like are considering like eating them all, and Sasha just pulls out her sword and kind of just like. Gets them to back off. Uh, and then we get, yeah, we get this, like, back and forth between them where, like, I like how, we'll, we'll see it later on, but Anne brought up the Mother of Olms, and then, like, immediately all the, like, immediately the two of the, 
the two of them just kind of like freak out for a sec. Like, how how do you know that? Like, I don't know anything. Shit, we just we just revealed that we know something about Mother Olm. And I, I just yeah, like how I like how yeah, I like how all the Olms are kind of like kind of jumpy. They're kind of like they're they're a little bit on edge when when she gets brought up by by these characters. And we get that we get that I don't want to call it the Mother of Olms theme, maybe just like the Proteus theme when I believe Anguin is talking about who the Mother of Olms is. And I'll talk about the music once we get to Proteus. But yeah, I just, I like that. It felt like, I, I think it's like, it's kind of like expedition, exposition done right. It feels like kind of natural, even though they are just explaining it. I, I'm not sure how to, how to, how to explain it even. But yeah, I just like that like small scene between the the twins and the planners. Yeah, and also like then they also explain how like how they got how they got kicked out from Proteus as well. Oh right, yeah. The Yeah, they they were they were arguing while on watch and then some kind of animal like some kind of bug attacked the city and then they got they got banished and that and that that's when like Sasha like forms a connection with with the twins and we get that nice moment where she talks about like everyone deserves a second chance and Anne kind of understands where Sasha's coming from and it's it's a nice moment. Yeah, I mean, I I always love seeing moments of like you know Anne's emotional intelligence. Yeah, it's like just right there, like she understands completely where Sasha was getting at. So she was nice. Yeah, and Sasha's projecting a bit, but. It's funny, and it's, like, sweet that she's sticking up for people when she sees herself in the... Gosh, Sasha in this episode is just so good. Yeah, and, uh... And then the the, the twins agree to take the... to take them all to, to Proteus. And... I like how Anne mentions, like, the fate of the world is at stake, maybe, like... Maybe they'll forgive you, and so it's nothing's really blocking the path. It's kind of they kind of just like go down a different like different pathway. Because I know back in Corlers Pass, they kind of established like these tunnels, like were were kind of like a maze, and that's when we get a little bit of like we get another language. Uh, we get like the, the language of the Olms and how it kind of emphasizes like I like how all the all the letters of the Olm language kind of like emphasizes the like ability to feel them kind of like Braille in a way so because to help them read yeah so like everything has like a I don't want to say it's not complex it's just the way that all the letters are shaped it's like round dawn the inside it's like if you run your hand over it like you could kind of like feel the shape of it compared to whether it was like a letter where maybe there's like a lot more curves and there's like 
everywhere where the lines end, start and end are kind of more prominent in the Ulm language. That that's I'm I'm not an expert on calligraphy though, so maybe someone else could. We should ask like an expert about about this. Yeah, I wish we had one. Uh, and what was that? What was that message that Lysol got? It was just, it was just like Steve's a jerk or like, something. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Steve's a jerk. Steve. That's what it said. Who's yep. Steve? Like, do we ever find who Steve? It's it's a, better sweat it's at the uh, L house. It's from Minecraft. Oh yeah, of wow. course, from Minecraft. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Minecraft he keeps tunneling into their. Here, yeah, but like going back to what your point about like the alphabet stuff, uh, I do admire how like the ohms are so biologically accurate too. Like being blind is part of their bit, is part of their characters, and we saw it play out in the entire episode, even in the conflict as well. That's so awesome. Yeah, d- definitely. Like, uh, I was gonna talk about it later once we get a Proteus, but yeah, like, it's all that's all great, and yeah, they follow the path, and then they they get to Proteus, and it's like really we get a really nice shot of the shot of the city, and like I, I like I I know the, technically the they wouldn't need lights. But you know that's just it's it's rule of cool. Like you gotta just go with it and admire all of like the chandeliers and all the blue lights on the ce- on the ceiling and the city's like has like a purple glow. It's it's cool, and I'm there was some concept art, I think yesterday or today, where they like. I, Matt posted some of the some of the drawings and they they mentioned that they had bells and little like caution bumps to help like the ohms kind of like identify where they were. And I, I, those are really like neat touches. Yeah, so they get to the city. And, uh, they they get, they're immediately, like, they immediately are met with some guards, and, like Lemur mentioned, that, like, how, the way they identify each other is, like, by, like, scent, and these guards immediately know it's Lysol and Enguin back, and, uh, We meet kind of like the captain of uh, Proteus. Oh, and, and also Proteus is like, like the scientific. It's like a scientific word for for Ulm, or it's. I believe it's like the ge- the genus. I, I'm not sure how to describe the, these terms. But but basically, like Ulm, like Proteus means Ulm. Yeah, I really love seeing that kind yeah. of stuff because, like, I know they, I know they, they do like a lot of research when sort of building up the lore for the show, right? And just yeah, 
you you can really see you can really see they went all out Proteus right like because this might be I mean this might be like our our last new location of the show to explore so I mean damn hell yeah they're gonna go all out like give us tiny diesel like you mentioned thumb like the little like markers to make sure they don't get I guess potentially harmed or something like they they really just went all out with this so just praise the just, just praise the crew just to know are ohms officially a type of salamander or are they a whole nother just thing of um thing of amphibian in their own i believe they're considered a a salamander yeah okay yeah they're they're considered a salamander and uh, nick i i don't think this is the last like new location we'll get. I, I'm pretty sure like we'll, we'll get we'll get we stuff. Though? Like root of evil, we're going to see like a new town. Uh. <laughs> but uh, more world building. Yeah. Forget about that episode. This was probably gonna be so dumb. Like I'm ready for that episode. Yeah, we'll get we'll get there when we get there. I. But oh yeah, so I can't wait. Yeah, so we talked about the guards, and the guards kind of bring up. They just call them. They like. They describe what's happening, like maybe all of Andrus's like actions. They describe them just as earthquakes, and they don't really. They they really have no idea what's going on above the surface, and. They mentioned like sunlight's coming through and it's sunlight's like sensitive to the ohms. Uh yeah, earthquakes happening more often and they 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 don't trust outsiders, like even Anne like brings up like why don't you just like ask someone for help and they, they just they 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 refuse to and that's when we see like the captain kind of like uh per Perusia. I think it's pretty yeah, Parisia or something. Per- Parisia, per- yeah. She kind of mentions yeah. that's like the old way, and they immediately kind of like blame. Like w- once again, we get that moment where Anne mentions the mother of Olms and per- per- Parisia, like kind of like is taken aback for a second and immediately blames Lysol and 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 Egwin. A lot of peculiar stuff going on in this episode. Like everyone freaking out over, like it, it's it's really weird how the Ohms have secluded themselves from the outside world to the point where they won't even like if the outside world is like literally attacking them, affecting them, they won't even take like proper measures to counteract that. Let's make a bunch of excuses for it. And then, yeah, we have everyone just freaking out over the mention of Mother Ohm. Like, did something? Did some kind of like incident happen? Like thousands of years ago in the past or something? I just shaped how the society handles itself now like like a lot like a lot of things to think about i mean it's, it's really interesting how they work because like it feels like it, feel, it, did, it does feel like the alms were like an influential group back then right i know there's like yeah gosh, and, I mean, we've Andrews, only gotten like andrews brought them yeah, up yeah yeah because like, so it just makes you think you know like what happened here like why are they so like why are they like this now so like, it's, 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 it's peculiar yeah, and it's one of those things with it too, where it's like 
Yeah, and honestly, Nick, you kind of, I was going to make a similar point. <laughs> you kind of said what I wanted to say right then and there. I think, like, what's the word? What's the word? With that, too, they're also, like, very ignorant as well the whole time. Not only, like, because they don't know what's happening, but they also are very much, like, trying to remove outside influence as much as possible. When Anne and Sasha talk about that there's a whole drill trying to kill you guys, they're very much like, nah, nah, there's, there's no drill. There's nothing happening. It's just an earthquake, whatever, even though it's happening consistently and there's clear evidence for it. You know, they can't, technically they can't see what's happening, but like they know because they're blind. So, but yeah. And, uh, yeah, and they, they immediately take them all to like some sort of jail. I'm not sure, like some sort of cell because it, it, it kind of looks like take them to the gate. Yeah, right? was it just outside, like the city yeah, gate? It's just, it's, yeah, it's just the front gate. Was, yeah, how they're able to get back to the to the drill, right? Because they're not like in a cell or anything. If they were, they'd have to like escape and whatever. They just told them to stay out and get the hell out of here. So, right. So, yeah, they get kicked out. We get that quick moment with Sasha and the twins. And then they, yeah, they feel the earthquake again. It gets kind of worse, and we get that moment where like Sasha just like kicks a rock and it breaks. Uh, that was hilarious. <laughs> just like she didn't have to kick the kick the rock either. It wasn't gonna hit her. <laughs> she just did it just because. Like she just roundhouse the the rock. It was hilarious. I love that. Well, the, the calculations. The exact yeah. calculations of the amount of strength she has in her kick soon. Right. And, uh, yeah, so immediately they all go back out to the surface and got covered in some random smelly bugs. And basically, all the, pl- like, the planners and the planners are like, they try to take out the drill, they, they take out all the robots around again. And, it reminds me of Samurai Jack, where like since they're robots, you could just be like absolute. You could just absolutely like murder these guys, like like and like twi- and twists like a robot's neck. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, so- that was, it's a that's a thing with like robot violence in general is <laughs> that like they could just do whatever the hell they want: stab them in the chest, break their skull, twist their neck, whatever. It's <laughs> It's crazy. And, like, I guess one thing I, I do want to mention about that part, it's just, like, a really, like, well-animated scene. Like, Sprig, like, jumps on the robot's head, hits it, and, like, he's distracted, and then Anne gets right just behind him, snaps his... twists his neck. <laughs> and then Sasha just comes in. That's really well-animated, that that whole part. This whole episode has, like, amazing shots, I mean, just in general. Yeah, this episode was, yeah. was boarded by Inbald Brad, and she's, like, known... Well, Brenda. Yeah. She, she's, of course. Yeah, she's known for her... her, like, her fight choreography. It's always yeah. Inbald Brad whenever I, like, think of some, like, really good animation in this show. I mean, all the, all the storyboard artists are, like, super talented, but I feel like I keep on... I keep on noticing it's oh the side is so great. I wonder who boarded it. Oh, it's involved right again. Yeah, absolutely. And I do like how like 
the drill like the the drill says like it's aimed for Proteus. So it it implies that Andrus like knew where Proteus was the whole time and is like directly targeting it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so the drill said that? Like, wow, wow okay. Yeah, the drill said, like, ten okay. seconds before, like, reaching Proteus. Proteus, yeah. Uh, but that's just... Yeah. I, I mean, it's just crazy, because it's like... Hmm, I mean... Yeah, I know... I mean, this is the Mother Arms we're talking Yeah, exactly, about, right? like, I, I know... You only sent drones after them? Like, that's it? Like, like it just makes you think, I mean... Damn, I, I feel like this just tells us that the Andreas and the Core are so much more powerful than we thought they are, because it's like... The fact that he just casually sent some drones after them, basically after the mother owns the killer, like, that's, I mean, damn, I mean, I feel like, how, how much did the Leviathans cripple them? I mean, Jesus. Very Right? Like, the fact that they're just, now they're just more like a casual threat to them, like that, all he sent were a couple drones and just a drill, like. Like, I'm yeah. not, I'm not sure if this is going really? to be the extent of, like, what Andrews is sending after Proteus, but. Without getting too much into speculation, like the uh, Lysol mentions, like one of the twins mentions earlier, like oh maybe Andrus is after like the iron deposit that their that Proteus is over, and that's what everyone kind of assumes for the rest of the episode. But I feel like Andrus is more concerned about yeah the mother wombs. Like I don't think. Because we we've seen how yeah. desperate he is to undo a prophecy, and I think, yeah, like this is I think he's after more than just material here. Yeah, I feel like uh, this is this is backtracking just a little bit, but in that scene where they they tunnel out to the surface and Hop Hop talks about the the stink bogs, I feel like that's going to come back somewhere because it's just a bit too random to be, you know, a one and done thing. I feel. And, you know, the next episode seems like it will be taking place directly after this one, so I kind of want to see how that works. Yeah. Yeah. I think, like, for me, like, with Andrews, like, invading or trying to take out the mother of Alms, I feel like I I thought he would have, like, if he wanted to just straight up invade, I feel like he would have sent a bigger force. You know what I mean? Like, he kind of just drills in, and then, like, it's not, like, a whole, like, army or whatever, or at least, like, a, you know, send, like, a few, like, elite robots or something, you know, just to take that out. It's very, like, it's just drilling, and that's kind of it. You got, like, some, some like, regular mooks. Like, not really a big deal, so. I'm, I mean, I assume he wants to get to the city, and I'm, I'm gonna assume, too, he doesn't know how to find that route to it, because only, like, the Alm siblings knew, like, specifically where to go. So it's like a secret route. So, but he knew the location, like, kind of, sort of. So, like, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Yeah, definitely. And, like, the planners try taking out the drill. Sprig suggests, uh, like, one, two, three, four, it doesn't work. And, uh, yeah, Lysol and Egwin decide. That was really funny. <laughs> yeah, and it was worth a shot. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, just on that fucking, just on the fact Anne tries it, like she's just like, all right, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> like one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> then she actually does it. Uh, I think one thing for me, I don't know if anyone else thought this. So like, three A, 
we saw Polly doing a lot more technical stuff, right, with Frobo and stuff. When I saw that terminal, I was like, "Oh, Polly's gonna yeah, I thought that too. do something with it." Yeah, I was like, "That's like that looked like the perfect opportunity," and they didn't do it. And I was like, "What?" Like, I don't. It just looked like the perfect time for Polly's engineering technical mojo to start coming into play, right? And he didn't. He didn't do anything with it. They didn't even mention it. It was. It was so weird. I don't know. Weird. No, no, I, I see. I, I didn't think that before, but yeah, that does make sense. Yeah, I, I hope yeah, Polly's. I hope Polly's technical side comes out again. Please. So I, I feel like it, we just have to depend on Frobo because I know he's going to get part of that. Like several transformations, the longest show. So hey, fingers crossed. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, the drill's about to go into Proteus and Lysol and Egwin like. They come out to try and stop it, and they're burning in the sunlight while this is happening. And they they wrap themselves around the around the tip of the drill, and that kind of, and then that actually like overloads the the machine and takes it out. But then like it's still the the floor beneath them still like collapses, and then everyone ends up back and back on back in Proteus again. And uh. uh Parisia, I'm looking up her name again. Uh, yeah, Parisia, Parisia, Parisia is still kind of like doesn't believe them. Like she watches them all fall from the fall from the ceiling with a giant drill, and she's like, "Yeah, this is this is fake." (laughs) I guess she wouldn't have actually seen the drill. None of them would. Oh right, they're blind. Right, right. Uh, I guess she like felt all this happen and. Yeah, she still doesn't believe them, which which sucks, but you know, Sasha yeah. kind of just yells at her. <laughs> <laughs> that scene was great. That whole like yeah. I don't even know how to describe it, like but like that felt so cathartic. Just Sasha just telling her off. Like it felt like something I wanted to say. <laughs> I mean like oh, I I, I wouldn't even lie, like, I, I wouldn't even lie, because, like, I, I, I always love seeing that side of Sasha, because, like, let me be honest, man, like, I, I, I've always loved Sasha, even when she was, like, a total bitch. <laughs> like, I, I enjoy both sides that we're getting now, and I do love seeing her, like, whole, like, how do I even, how do I even describe it, like, her whole, yeah, like, whatever, whatever, however you want to describe what she did there, that's just great, I love the fact that's, th- that's still a part of her personality, I mean. She's so super aggressive, super aggro, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, she hasn't lost that that edge of yeah. her, you know. And she's great. She's still like not afraid to like just unleash a kind of whoop ass on this, you know, yeah. three thousand year old could definitely kill her giant old murder her in a single hit, but she doesn't give a shit. <laughs> and same thing she does like with Lazel and England in the beginning, and just get some of her back. I feel like they're kind of gonna be She's kind of going to be like the excuse for why people aren't immediately killing them is because you know Sasha is not one to be messed with. Yeah. No. I also like Ooh. that they Sasha helps um helps the Alm siblings like get up because they can't move on their own kind of thing when she gets back to them. That was uh, I don't know it's a small detail but I, I like that a lot. She's just very much willing to just help them out and have some empathy and. Somehow send them to Wartwood. I don't know how that would have worked, <laughs> but yeah. I guess Wartwood's underground now, isn't it? 
Yeah, but like, how would you like bring them? They could travel. Like, they could, Loggle. Loggle can dig it. Don't worry. Loggle. <laughs> <laughs> they could travel at night oh, oh, if they really wanted to. Oh, I didn't even think about that. That's a good point. Yeah, we they also... could do what? Tra- travel travel, like, travel at, at night. night. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I I forgot about that. Yeah, me too. But yeah, also, I mean, I just I just want to quickly mention something about the players. I mean, I know like. Yeah, they didn't. They didn't get to do much this episode, but I, I did like. Um, I, I did like how they were used, though. I mean, like I know Polly and Sprague. They got like they basically led them there, right? Like they were basically like the main contributors of the episode. So that was great. And like, yeah, we, we got a lot of fun moments out of them. Like it, it sucks that we haven't really had you know major plans or screen time yet, but I, I do like how they utilize this episode. So I could be for that. Yeah, I like how like Polly's. Yeah, Polly just was just annoying Sprague to draw them out in the first place. Yeah. yeah, it's not much, but that, that's fine. We'll we'll get we'll get them soon. Yeah, we'll get. Them. I I miss them though all bit. <laughs> I miss them. Yeah, so like after Sasha tells Parisia off, like they, they get they they decide to leave, and eventually she comes back to the group, and she's kind of like like Sasha yelled at her, and then Parisia's like, okay, like. Maybe I should try this again. <laughs> like, maybe I should get a second opinion. And she she agrees to like let Lysol and Egwin back into Proteus and take them all to see Mother Olm. And One yeah, thing I, oh, I was gonna um, I was gonna mention that uh, once again, Sasha showing her empathy there. She could have easily like as soon as um she was allowed it and. Her and Anne were allowed into the city, just kind of went in. But she made sure that the the Alm siblings got got something, you know, were able to actually get into the city. Because that, that was her whole rant in the first place, that, you know, they almost died. I thought they did die, honestly. <laughs> um, trying to, like, to protect the city. So I love that she still made sure that they get their just desserts, you know? So that was great. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and the episode pretty much ends with them entering, I guess, Mother Olm's, like, special room. And I, I know, Pickle, you wanted to bring up, uh, what per- Parisia was wearing. Yeah, I find on her, on Parisia's necklace, there's, um, it's kind of a. It's an or it's an orange and black eye where the like the out the outside is orange and the pupil is orange and then the like the nor- what would normally be the white of the eye is black, but it's in the the same shape and it has a very similar color scheme to what the um, the core what the core has, and I was wondering how that could be if I'm not sure if it's like gonna be just like oh the mother of Olms and the core are tied and they've been like some sort of feud and they're kind of like two two halves of a whole or if it's gonna be like Parisia is evil in some way, or it's foreshadowing that the mother of Olms might not be as might not be a good thing. Because I feel like it could really support either argument, despite them seeming to be like opposites. I and go ahead. Oh yeah, I do think the mother of Olms is going to be a little bit more like it's not. They're not going to be as antagonistic as the core, but I do think they'll be leaning more towards, like, the 
the good or may, maybe like neutral yeah side I, I don't think they'll be entirely like directly antagonistic but yeah Parisio like it's interesting how like out of all the albums we see like Parisia is the one with the she's the only one we see who's orange kind of and that's and even all of her decorations are kind of like have the same color scheme as the core, which is uh yeah, it, 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 it I'm I'm suspicious. Of There's this also one. uh the um the the backgrounds and the the like design of Proteus involves a lot of blue gems, which also ties into some of the the stuff that Anne has going on with her own blue gems and. I mean, it's pretty. It seems pretty likely that the Mother of Elms is related to the music box, considering you know the music box is what led Anne and the gang to the Mother of Elms. And it also reminds me of the gems in um, in the the eye of the and on the the kind of mural monster. And I feel like it's a lot of stuff that I feel like we're still missing a lot, but it could end up all being linked together once things become more clear. Yeah, definitely. Like, I think Proteus itself kind of shares, like, there's a little bit of blue, there's a little bit of green, there's a little bit of, uh, there's a lot of, uh, purple, I guess, or magenta, or pink, whatever. And, yeah, that, that, we're pretty much on speculation at this point, uh. Yeah. Uh, I, I guess... Is there anything else that we missed from the episode itself? I, I know, I know. There's like the the mural at the end of the, of this episode. Uh, I guess. Do we want to talk about that now? Sure. I mean, yeah. Okay. Totally. I mean, I feel like for me, I don't. You know, you guys can go actually start the conversation. I, I don't think I have like a ton of time. Okay, so like, the episode ends like when when everyone enters that room and it closes behind them. Like it's super dark, but there's an image there, and people kind of like brightened up the image, and you can see like it's it's pretty much Anne, Sasha, and Marcy like like a like a carving, not carving, like a yeah mural of them with fancy armor and Anne's in the middle with her hair glow, like her hair hair is like up. Like it was in true colors, and there's a lot. It's it's odd how because usually when we have this kind of imagery, it's there for a moment, and at least it's noticeable. But like here, like people had to like turn up the brightness, and it was so quick. I have a feeling that maybe this image will come into play like next episode on the way out, like. Maybe after everything that goes on with mother with the mother of Olms, as they are, as they all leave the room, they'll be confronted with this image again, or they'll be confronted with this image that we all like found at the end of today. But I do think it's interesting that they're all wearing like crown type things in the mural, and also I found that it uh, it seems like. Marcy and Sasha's hair are also both kind of floating upwards, the same way Anne does when she has her powers. So I wonder if that could be showing that they will have some sort of powers, and I really hope they do. 
Yeah, it's yeah, uh, and with that too is like oh, no, I was gonna go, say, go ahead. Like, in fact, oh, I was gonna say like they also have like Anne has like this really cool armor too, like as well. And I think I forget who had there was some concept art of like Anne having. They said it was an idea that they never used, but like, um, the the gauntlets from like having like a, yeah, the gauntlets yeah on her on her wrists from uh. By Silver Paul. Yeah, and that was yeah. really neat. And it, it kind of looks like something similar. Though this one looks more like... I don't know how to describe it. Like, royal, I guess, is the best way to to describe it. But, yeah, I don't know if that'll be coming into play. Um, I know the powers definitely will from the hair. It's all flowing upward, so they better do yeah. something like that. <laughs> Yeah, it kind of just like reinforces the thing back in, like in in the in the intro, and even like sleepover to end all sleepovers with the prophecy, and yeah, it's like all this stuff is gonna, it's gonna like we're gonna we're gonna get some answers next week. Finally! Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yes. So we've been waiting on this kind of stuff for years. I mean, like. You notice the mirror on the background of the intro, and that that's going to be almost three years for you, Ben. If yeah. you saw the teasing with um, the book and the day of the aquarium, that's been over a year and a half. Like years of waiting, finally coming to an end. Like I'm, I'm finally getting some of the answers I've, I've been craving for such a long time. I can't wait for next week. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like. Oh, someone, I think it was Pickle? Hmm? Oh, I, I thought someone's going to say something. Uh, oh, I was just saying, yeah. Okay, yeah, and we got... Yeah, we, I think we covered we covered everything, I believe. Well, I was, I was actually going to mention, like... Wait, do we know exactly... Like, we know it's Sasha and Marcy next to Anne, but, like... Do we know exactly, like... I assume the Marcy's on the left, and... Sasha's on the right. I no, wasn't Mar- Marcy's Marcy's on the right, and then Sasha's on the left because the left one has the ponytail. I was I was thinking Marcy was on the left because of the horns. Like they look like because you know like the Darcy has like the axolotl horns or whatever. I was kind of thinking it represented that in some way, and usually horns are like demonic or evil. So like Marcy's, you know. She's possessed right now, so I assume that that would mean something for that. Yeah, so. but like the left one. Oh, oh yeah, sorry about the wind. Uh, I I just moved that. Oh. Uh, oh. Yeah. There okay. you go. Is it better? Sorry. All right. Yeah, I'm looking at the picture. It looks like yeah, the ponytail makes me lean towards Sasha more Sa- on the left. Yeah. And oh, okay. also, the, right the one, one on the right has kind like, of has more. Yeah, the right one has short hair. Like, the shortest one out of all the three, so that's definitely Marcy. Oh, okay. Well, there, there's also the, the kind of, the jagged, that looks kind of like her, like, fluffy cape thing, too, so. Yeah, yeah, and I'm also noticing that all of the three people in this mural have crowns in them. Yeah, that's very interesting, I mean... I just wonder what it all means. I mean, they're not royalty, I mean, but 
I have it's a feeling good. that they may get like some new armor. I assume maybe. That because the sense. one, because the center one is that that looks like Anne has her breastplate, but like expanded. Like she has the shoulder pads. Uh, is that what you call them? I do not know. Yeah, shoulder or pauldrons. Someone find an image of the the armor she wore in when she was trying out the the full set of armor in Bessie Michelangelo. Yeah, they kind of had like more of like a spike at the end. Uh, I think when it comes to end redesign, on one hand, it would look really, really cool. But on the other hand, they did that whole thing where like she's okay with who she is, and that's why she's not wearing a whole new set of armor. Yeah. This, I mean, I think that's that's yeah. You also have to keep that idea in your head. Yeah, when you. I mean, yeah, we all do wish Anne could get, like, a cool new outfit, but I guess it just makes sense for why she's not really planning for it. But, I mean, I do have my yeah. suspicions that she will get an upgrade towards this battle, though, because there's no way she's going to be running into a war with, like, just a chess play fight. Like, hell no. Hell no. It looks yeah, like definitely. she's still wearing... It looks like she's still wearing her, like, signature skirt, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't think it's gonna be like an like a full upgrade, but like a little bit just to like portray like the full calamity forms, I guess. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's what I think about these uh these murals. Like it's the girls with their full mural forms. Right, yeah. And Like in in past weeks, we 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 usually got like a synopsis every week coming out that we would like discuss as speculation, but I we got all of the April, the April synopsis already. And oh, I'm I'm looking at Anne's yeah Anne's armor from Bessie Michelangelo. Yeah, I I really like that armor, other than the helmet. <laughs> Yeah, like I would love to see like parts of it come back into like make a return. Like they had the armor set lying around. That'd I think be cool. maybe making it more like maybe the shoulder pads aren't as <laughs> as big because those look a little awkward. <laughs> yeah, I think those gauntlets yeah. could definitely come back and look really cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it'd be cool to see and get a get a final final form but yeah I think we covered I, I guess we can I think was everyone here for the episode title speculation at some point I know yeah I've yeah impact Lemur pickle were you there I, I guess don't, I don't think I've been a I don't think I've had a but I feel like I've kind of most of the stuff that I've been thinking has been said already. Okay. So I'm fine if we don't like return to it. Okay. Then I think okay. I think this is a good time to wrap up then. And I guess final thoughts on this episode. Um start starting with uh Starting with Nick, what what are your final thoughts on on the on these this batch of episodes? Um, another really 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 good pair of three B and hell just makes me 
more excited for what we have next week. It just keeps getting better and better, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Thank yeah. You. Thank you, Nick. And P- Pickle, the final thoughts on these episodes? Yeah, Matt Matt said that Dreevy was going to be some of the, the best stuff yet, and so far I feel like it's really been living up to that. It's just, it's like suddenly like things are ramping up and you can really feel plot, and it's definitely also like, it's it's really these two episodes staged well for you know, the the obvious next episode is going to be big, and I think they just did a really good job with these. Definitely, yeah. Thank you, Pickle. Uh, Impact, final Final thoughts on these episodes? These episodes were fantastic. They were just really, really good. Dreeby has really just been punching us with new episode after new episode after new episode. Well, not new episode. Great episode. Obviously, they're new. (laughs) Um, But it's been really good. I've really enjoyed all these episodes. I love the Sasha and Anne moments. Those have been, like, my favorites so far. Um, and just having like her part of the main cast and Omtown Road was just, I really like these episodes and I'm so excited for when we get to Mother of Alms and even Grimes Pupils. I'm really excited for that episode too, because we haven't gotten a lot of Grime. Uh, we've, we've had them in the background, but not too much, but yeah, these episodes were fantastic. I love them. Thank you, Impact. Uh, Lemur, final thoughts on these episodes. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to echo the sentiments that everybody has said, and I will say that 3B has been on fire so far. Two back-to-back weeks of, like, excellent episodes, and Sasha's Angels, Sasha's Angels and the Mother of Wolves are, Mother of Wolves, uh, Omtown Road are great episodes. Uh, Sasha's Angels is, serves as, like, a great final, final hurrah for, like, the Wartwoodians, and Mother, um, Hometown Road is just a great setup. A great episode that is also a setup for next week's revelations, I, I suppose. Yeah, like, great episodes this week. I cannot wait for next week's as well, because it's going to be a big one. Thank you, Lemur. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a big episode. And I just want to bring up, like, every week the... Uh, like season one makes like some sort of return. Like we had, like we're going to have a, we're gonna we had Barry. We're gonna have Apothecary, Apothecary Jeremy. We're uh, we're getting Tritonio back. It's like every week the the show wants to remind us. Oh, we got like Stumpy's bone hand, bone spatula back. <laughs> it's, it's like every week we're getting something new, and it's not something new, something familiar, and that's it's great. And yeah, that pretty much concludes this week's recording. And next week, we'll be we're going to cover uh, Mother of Olms and Grimes' pupil, and that's yeah, like you guys mentioned, that's going to be the answer episode. And it's kind of interesting how they had Olmtown Road kind of like be all the setup, and it's already a great episode, like looking forward to next week but with that that pretty much concludes this week's recording thanks for listening say goodbye everyone see y'all peace everybody see you guys see ya goodbye